Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, you sounded like the uh, the soundboard yes, thing. Sir. Is that you? <laughs> yes, sir. Man, two weeks completed into the NBA season with many surprises. Trey Young criticizes new officiating changes. Zion is set to return in two to three weeks. I'm Rose Zapanta. This is the Clinic All NBA Podcast. I have the three hooligans with me again. JJ, how you living, my friend? What's up, listeners? John, how you living? What up, what up? Happy November. And Sammy, how you living, my friend? Better than the Clippers, I hope, my friend. (laughs) Two weeks has gone by, and we have some nice surprises. And What I want to know from you guys is what one team and one player has surprised you thus far in the NBA season. What do you guys think? I'll go first. I think the Wizards is a complete surprise. What? They've been in trade talks with Beal within the past few years. It just seemed like it was a fire sale, and now they're five and two, with a lot of the old Lakers, which I know John is cringing right now, but he said on the pod, <laughs> once they leave, they become all-star worthy. But uh, big, big ups to the Wizards, man, proving everyone wrong, including myself. I'm just yeah, waiting. Yeah, I mean, I'm just waiting for you to say something good about Kyle Kuzma, but it, didn't, it never happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's open-ended for you to answer that. John, is Kyle Kuzma about to be an all-star this year? I think that's what we all want to know. No, I don't think so. But <laughs> dang, Bonafide okay. scrub. He can't but play. He is putting up much better numbers than he ever did with the Lakers consistently, too. I know it's only seven games in, but he is not only is he scoring, which I, I think we, he was all everybody knew he was capable of, but he's actually rebounding the ball. And when you're rebounding, that's a clear sign of effort and awareness on the court, regardless if, you know, they're offensive or, I mean, regardless if they're defensive or not. So big ups to him and the Wizards for, you know, being five and two at this point. Yeah, he posted like a monster double-double recently. It was like 17 points, 16 boards, or maybe it was the reverse. Absolutely crazy. The Wizards are on a hot streak. Anyone else have any takes? I'm going to throw the Knicks out there. I actually, uh, I think that team is playing greater than the sum of their parts. Uh, It seemed like prognosticators around the league, and I think even us included, thought they might fall back a little because the East looked stronger this year, but they've been bringing it. They're fun to watch. You can tell that the crowd at MSG loves them and the way they're playing right now, and that's very different than some of the Knicks teams we've seen in the past that weren't as likable, we'll say. Randall's still playing well quickly. He's still looking pretty good off the bench. I know he had uh, an ankle-breaking highlight there a couple days ago that took IG by storm for a day or two. But just overall, they're a fun team to watch, and I think they're playing uh, better than the sum of their their talent as a whole. Right, and what's surprising about the Knicks is actually their offense is stepping up. Um, We know last year they were like, what, a top top eight, maybe top five defense last year. And this year for offensive rating, I know it's a very small sample, but they're ranked third right now. Yes, sir. No one would have ever guessed that they would they would make that sort of leap. I don't know if that's necessarily sustainable, but it's something interesting to watch. What about the bad? Are there are there some teams that are that are bad, some players that have been performing bad that you guys are surprised by? I think Sammy knows what I'm thinking right now, but I'm going to let him 
I'm gonna let the resident Clipper fan handle that one because I won't touch that with a 10 foot pole right now. So, I don't know what you're talking about, John. I'm, <laughs> the, the obvious choice, I think, from this list is the Celtics. Just because they have, they don't really have any injuries. Obviously, the Clippers they don't have Kawhi, but the Celtics have Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, obviously Jason Tatum. I think they have Williams as well, and they just have they have all the talent in the world. So to be two and five is is interesting. It's still early, but I know Marcus Smart said some pretty interesting things about his teammates recently, and I think we're gonna get into that maybe a little bit later. But yeah, I would just I'm gonna say the Celtics. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that pick too with the Celtics just because we've said this on the pod multiple times you could you could have argued a few years back that Tatum and Brown were the best guard combo or shooting guard forward small forward combo you know you don't believe but, that as a Warriors fan stop it no I know I don't but I know some people would argue that <laughs> right, right, excuse right. me and I don't know it seems like there there's a step back or Whatever it is, maybe it's coaching. They have to get familiar with the new system. I don't know, though. It's kind of weird, right? Yeah. Um, actually, I wanted to kick it to Sammy real quick. Sammy, so we we actually just recently watched the Bulls and the Celtics play today. I mean, th- we're recording this on a Monday here huh. on November 1st. And the Bulls look like they were going to lose this game. Right. But in the fourth quarter, they ended up stopping the Celtics to 11 points in the fourth quarter. And Marcus Smart had some words for the media. And Sammy, can you just drop some of those uh, some of those quotes there? I can. So he, uh, he came out and talked about their propensity for not passing the ball, speaking of the of Brown-Tatum combination. And he didn't put it in the worst light, but what he said was... I think everyone's scouting report is to try to make those guys pass the ball. They don't want to pass the ball, and that's something that they're going to learn. They're still learning, and we're proud of the progress, but they're going to have to make another step and find ways to not only create for themselves, but for others on this team to open up the court when they don't get the matchups they want so they don't have to take those tough shots. Oh, man. So that was a really nice way of saying that these guys are both ball hogs. <laughs> coming so, from a ball hog himself dude. yeah coming from a guy right. whose shooting prowess is known around the league and has been for a couple of years so i mean are you guys shocked by by marcus smart's comments here i know we're kind of um getting derailed a little bit but for a team that looked like they were primed to be at least in the middle of the Eastern Conference, right? Or maybe the top five in the Eastern Conference. A lot of people were projecting them. Now there seems to be trouble in paradise. How do you guys fix this? Do you guys blame this like on coaching? Do you blame this on management or the players? You want to know something? It's, it's a good question. I'll say players. I, yeah, I, I, I think it's mostly the players. And uh, like JJ mentioned earlier, they are getting used to a new coach. There's that part of it. But this is also a team that's been together for a long time now, and they've been through some good and some bad, but lately this has been a team that hasn't met expectations, and maybe, at least for in Smart's case, he's just tired of hearing about it. And this is kind of what happens in that scenario. If a team isn't successful and they're together for that long, usually we've seen some changes, but as has been covered for a few years, Danny Ainge would just never pull the trigger outside of that Kyrie trade. 
and it's been talked about for a while. So it does make you wonder, is the chemistry in the locker room quite right? Is this just a small bump in the road? I'm curious to see how that plays out over the next few weeks. I think it's more management, right. to be honest with you, because I think people forget how young Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and even Marcus Smart, they're still there's not really much veteran leadership on on the Celtics and I think that has a lot to do with that's on management and I think their immaturity even the comments from Marcus Smart that's something that you wouldn't see from veterans usually and they've had opportunities they even had a chance to trade for Anthony Davis but they didn't want to pull the trigger on some big pieces I think Jalen Brown was one of them so for me it's I, I think that Danny Ainge and management were they've just been very they've been playing it safe consistently year after year after year and I don't I don't know if they're even if they they turn the season around so far and make the playoffs. I just don't ever see them winning a championship just because they don't have I don't know. Something about them just feels like they're missing another superstar. I know Jalen Brown is is a stud. I don't know if he can make that other leap in the playoffs and and Jason Tatum he's he's also a star but what he hasn't really accomplished anything at this point. So, I don't know. I'm I'm always iffy about the Celtics and it's Part of it is because I'm a Laker fan and I hate them with every fiber of my being. <laughs> but hate it. But bias aside, that's that's my take. On on paper, like this team looks like they're ready to go, right? Like if you're playing NBA 2K, like that's got to be like one of the top teams that you grab, right? Just because you've got talent all around, and for some reason they can't make it work. But I'm gonna move on. Um, as far as like the first two weeks of the season are there any players in particular that you guys are have been surprised by this year it has to be miles bridges right i I completely no go ahead i completely agree with you go ahead i mean i'm just looking at his career in 218 games prior to the season he averaged 11 points five rebounds at shooting 46 percent from the field and 35 percent from three which is pretty good average. And then this year, right. in seven games, albeit a small sample size, 24.6 points, 7.7 rebounds, 2.7 assists, shooting over 50% from the field and 37 from three, and 50 and 87 from the free throw line. I mean, I think he's in a contract year. He also turned down a pretty sizable contract extension offer from the team, and he's betting on himself, and so far it plays out. The only thing is, is he's you know knock on wood that he doesn't get seriously injured or anything like that, which would affect his negotiation um, leverage. So it's got to be for me. It's Miles Bridges. He's playing beyond what I think anybody would expect, and we'll see if he keeps it up. I do also want yeah. to throw a honorable mention to Evan Mobley, who already looks like a five-year vet, particularly on the defensive end, in seven games into his career he looks just like he took to the game way faster than most young big men ever do and he's been able to play next to the three seven footers that they already have there which is a feat unto itself because that team looked way uh just misconstrued the construction looked just off between all the size they had and he's making it work they're playing well as a result they're four and four which isn't an amazing record but relative to prior expectations uh it's definitely exceeding those and right now, for just looking at his numbers, 13.5 points, 7.5 rebounds, 1.5 blocks, and a steal a game. Like, you look at those numbers and on paper, they don't look amazing, but considering how young he is in his career and what he's been able to do, altering shots, 
just changing the way teams are going into the paint. It's been pretty impressive for how early he is in his career. True. So for my pick, I know you guys had surprises that are good. I'll go with the su- surprises that are not so good. Yeah. Which would be James Harden and Dame. And I know we're going to lead into this and maybe this is the perfect transition to the foul rule change. Um, probably going to get some Portland hate again, but I'll start off with Dame. <laughs> <laughs> and I love Dame. I, I don't know how many times I have to say this, but I do love Dame. But um, everyone is really concerned about his play. And it's not just about his shot making ability because he's shooting at an all time low. 2 for 14. Uh, the previous night, I think he was 0 for 9 a couple of games ago. And his threes are at question. And Shooters are going to shoot, they go through streaks, but just by the eye test, I don't like what I see in terms of his energy. And it all started back during the Olympics, and we talked about this too, where when players go to the Olympics and they come back, they're actually at a new level of play. And he hasn't even shown that. So I'm not sure if the energy is reflecting his attitude of how he feels about being in Portland. I mean, you could say whatever you want to say to keep the fans on your side, but your actions, your body language tells another story. And CJ's playing out of his mind. So pops to CJ, but Dame is is the dude. I agree with that. And I I think before I, I jump into it, I do want to say, JJ, the more you say, I love Dame, the less and less we believe you. <laughs> Just wanted to throw that out there. So I, I actually agree with you. I think they're, it's early, but what you're seeing from Dame is concerning because it's not been seen before in his entire career. And it's not just the stats, like you said, it's kind of the, the demeanor and his attitude or the way that he's playing the game. And maybe what transpired in the offseason affected him more than he led on in terms of the fans starting to question him his loyalty and maybe it you know maybe it didn't have an effect on him and maybe his his attitude towards portland the city the blazers has changed and who knows man maybe he's on his way out maybe they're looking for trade partners i know it's that's kind of blasphemous and anybody everybody including busted buck is gonna Call me, call me all types of names that we can't say here, but I don't know. I I kind of, I kind of agree with that take from Jay uh, in terms of Dame. Philly was, they were just chanting his name at Philly. You know how crazy that is, right? It's Philadelphia, right, right. They love, they were, they love everybody, right? They were chanting, (laughs) "We want Lillard," right? And if you listen closely, you could actually hear Daryl Morey say, "We want Lillard," but also Rocco. Three first, three <laughs> first rounder swap picks, right. and also your firstborn child, because <laughs> that's the way that he rolls. Are there any other, like surprisingly bad players you guys want to mention? I want to throw Michael Porter out there really quick, just because with Murray out, I thought he was going to take a big second step, and he's, I think he was shooting thirty three percent from the field as of a game or two ago. Yeah, and that big contract. Yeah, just got the big contract, averaging 11 points a game. The fact that that team is still playing as well as they are right now speaks again to how good Jokic is. 
and I feel like I mentioned that once or twice every one of these pods, but I just don't think that that's truly ever recognized, in part because he's as unathletic as you mentioned the last pod we had. So, I, yeah, I want to see what happens with Porter. Is he going to step into this role a little more, like being the more natural second option, or is this again just uh, an issue that maybe he isn't the second option we thought he could be? Maybe he's actually built to be a third. Can I throw one in right. there real quick before we move on? Go for it. I'm going to go with Paul George. And I know that's going to surprise Sammy, but he's averaging 27, <laughs> 7, 3, shooting 50% from the field, 80% from the free throw line, and no shots have uh-huh. hit the backboard without hitting the rim yet this season. So oh, Surprisingly good, so, not bad. Yeah, you surprisingly good. good. Say, like, no, no, I'm good. Good. Not, not very good, good right now. But. <laughs> Sorry, I should have clarified. Yeah, despite being one in four at the Clippers, Paul George is one of the good good players that I've seen so far. Since it was John complimenting the Clippers, I think we all just kind of naturally thought it was going to be something negative exactly. or a joke. Yeah. But John man. was legitimately complimenting, man. Like, so if, that was a good yeah, moment. Yeah, if you want bad, the pick the other 14 <sighs> players. He's the one that's playing well right now. Man. <laughs> it's one compliment for every 20 insults. <laughs> that's a good ratio. That's a good shot ratio right there. The NBA is back. And at DraftKings Sportsbook, an authorized sports betting partner of the NBA, The key to victory is a strong starting five. New customers can bet just $5 on any NBA team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. So why not make your roster Washington, 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 and oh yeah, Washington. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN. Bet just $5 on any NBA team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an authorized sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So I'm going to move on to our next topic, and JJ sort of alluded to it with James Harden and Damian Lillard, but basically... The rule change on fouls, like specifically with shooting, has seemed to kind of rub some of these players the wrong way. I mean, James Harden came out. He said, I'm not the type to complain about it. I asked every official if they see a foul, just call a foul. Sometimes I feel like coming into the game, it's already predetermined. I already had that stigma of getting foul calls. A foul is a foul no matter what league it is. Boys, what do you think about James Harden's comments here? And what do you guys think about the rule change? For a player that manipulated the game for that many years and to be considered the top 75 NBA players of all time, you shouldn't be complaining. You need to adapt <laughs> to the new rules. I mean, with Shaq, remember yeah. that they had to change the rules. They said man on man. There were no zones during the 90s or early 2000s. And right. Shaq adapted and still dominated. Actually, most players, you should be able to adapt. I know the shooting percentages have gone down throughout the whole NBA, but if you're truly one of the greatest, you'll adapt. And James Harden, come on, dude. Like, you're supposed to be one of the greatest scorers. Find a way to score. Don't depend on fouls. I think that's not ideal. I'll just say, I think it's pretty weak if you depend on fouls. It should be part of your skill set, but not dependent. Yeah, not the main portion, which it seemed like 
James Harden was probably the number one foul getter in the league, right? For for years and years, like just because the way, yeah, the the way he just sort of manipulated um, his shots in order to draw a foul was almost incredible, almost impressive. And now he's not getting those calls anymore. Um, do you guys like the rule change? I do. I, I think it's made the game a lot cleaner to watch. And as good as Harden is, and I've always respected that he's has been for a while one of the most talented players in the world, I used to hate watching Rockets games because mm-hmm. you knew the game flow was going to be really choppy. You knew you were going to get a ton of whistles. It's not an enjoyable way to watch the game. So I do like the fact that Players are adapting. Some are complaining. Harden's complaining and Young's complaining. I don't hear Curry complaining at all. I don't hear Durant saying that much about it and he's on the team. Like some players adjust faster than others do and I think it's made the product better to watch. So Durant, I'm all for it. Durant is complaining, Sammy. He's just using a burner social media account to do it. <laughs> ah, you're called Katie Trey 36. You're, yes. not, you're, not paying, you're not paying attention. I'm not following the right accounts. They change too much. Devin, Devin Coran. I know you. <laughs> Obviously. I know all the burner accounts. Just, just hit me up. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, who loves watching free throw after free throw when they want to watch, watch a game? Oh, Nobody man. does. Of course, the rules are better. I think that it's going to take a little bit of time for the refs to be consistent with it and kind of find the happy medium because I think they are, I think to play devil's advocate, I think the players do have a little bit of a case because I think the referees are overcompensating because it is the first year that they've made this change. So they, I feel like they want to make a statement and they're going over the top calling these, right? So. I think there are probably a fair share of calls that should be fouls, but they're not calling them because they want to set a precedent and kind of let the players know that, hey, this is this is the way that we're going to be calling these moving forward. But all in all, I love it. I think this is great for the game. I think it's great for the fans. I think it's great for the for just for everybody. Right. I'm going to have to agree. And, you know, I have two more quotes here. One from Trey Young. He says, there's a lot of missed calls. It's basketball. It just, it feels like they're learning and they're just, I don't know, it's frustrating. So it was hard for him to even find his words because he was so frustrated with the calls. Draymond Green is on the other side here. He said, can I also say how satisfying it is to watch the game of basketball without those bull poop calls? (laughs) And of course, he says the the non-G-rated version of that. What I love about the rule, the rule change, is that we haven't seen a rule change that is in favor of the defense in a long time. Whether in any sport, really, if you go to baseball, if you go to basketball, you go to football, it's all about the offense, right? True. And this is the first rule I've seen that is actually in favor of the defense. And you know what? It's actually created a more watchable basketball. Like, I like these non-calls. I like these offensive calls. Like I've seen clips of, you know, players leaning into another player, knocking him down and getting an offensive call. How often do you usually see that happen in the game when you think, you know, three or four years back, an offensive call like that would be almost egregious, right? Right. You'd hear about it all the time, but now it's almost gonna be like, not as common, but it's definitely in the realm of being called. So I like that call personally. I'm gonna move on to the next topic. The Pelicans say that Zion Williamson is going to return in two to three weeks 
what do you guys think of this news? As a fan, I sincerely hope that he comes back, he's healthy, he's dynamic, and we don't have to worry about injuries with him ever again because when he is on the court, you can't help but watch him. He's such a unique collection of talent, but obviously we all saw the reports in the offseason of the media day. He was clearly a lot bigger, and I know he had a broken foot, so you can only maintain and you know do your cardio so much, but at the same time, it just feels like he's not taking conditioning seriously enough. And when you already have a frame that size, it does concern me for the long term. Because I do want to see this guy have a long term career. It's funny to you know joke about those things sometimes, but the league is better when players like this are active and playing, and we're not always hearing about when they're going to come back from the next injury. And that's been too common with him so far. Oh, yeah. Right. I wonder if I wonder if his attitude towards the pelicans has anything to do with his blase attitude of conditioning because he had issues right with the pelicans documented before that before he even came into camp out of shape so maybe he's just looking for an out he's looking for a reason for the pelicans to move him where in the public eye he's no longer the enemy right that he can go away scot-free without getting the, the hate from the fans because he would just trade it so i don't know maybe i'm just conspiracy theorist over here but i just like thinking about these things but you know like sammy said he's electric he's a phenom when he's on the court so it's only better for the fans for that he's on there he's on the court playing just his dunks his leaping ability his athleticism is off the charts and he is a one of a one player when he's on the court when he's on the court and that's not been a lot since he's been in the league yeah and i think most people when you hear weight gain in the nba the concerning part is how much weight and if you're still agile and affects your explosiveness which Zion is known for right and he's a heavier set dude so when you're moving that quick in a lateral sense and you're overweight you could tear your acl but you could tear your ACL just, you know, honestly. Jumping wrong. Yeah, right, jumping right. wrong, planting your foot, or just walking to the bathroom and you could tear your ACL, right? That so correct. his job as an NBA player is to be athletically fit, in condition. And when we talk about weight loss, we should probably state not necessarily lose weight, but lose fat and gain muscle and it kind of aligns with what both Sammy and John said which is it's kind of weird that Zion he was in shape for all these years at Duke and the Pelicans and right after uh, the report was leaked that he wasn't happy and that was leaked by his family supposedly that he's now over 300 yeah and he I think he was listed as like two 284 but you look at those early pictures of zion and he is just absolutely ripped and it sounds like you and john are saying that that zion basically saw what james harden was doing with his body in houston <laughs> and going to strip clubs and stuff and then Hold up. he he also looked at blake griffin not dunking in in detroit and is like i think there's a way out where i don't need to request for a trade right we didn't say strip clubs you did host yeah. <laughs> that's that's yeah. true i did 
Rosa Banta. That's R O Z A. You lose. And one other quick thing about this too is, okay, let's say he does get back in three weeks. Now we know they're gonna have him on a minutes restriction. He's gonna have to play his way back into shape. And when your conditioning's not up, I'm no medical expert on this or anything, but it's well known that you're very prone to soft tissue injury if you're not in condition yeah. and you're running and you're cutting and doing all that. So let's say he gets back in three weeks. By the time he's back in shape and playing with no restriction, he's probably we're probably what 25 games into the year already at least so right so that's the other part of this is the lack of conditioning is going to affect the amount of time he's playing when he's even on the court so it's not even just three weeks until he gets back it's that plus the time to get into shape when he's actually on the court yeah and it's so unfortunate because that that pelicans team was actually a really interesting team going into the season just you know another year of zion and brandon ingram etc um, that team was fun in spots. You know, that was actually one of the one of those league pass teams that you don't mind watching. But anyway, moving on. JJ Redick actually had a comment about about older players commenting on the current era. And I actually want your guys' opinion on this. He basically said, here is my issue with the old timers when they blank on us. We couldn't play in their era. Most NBA players in today's era could play in any era of the NBA. Most NBA players from the 50s, 60s, and early 70s could not play in today's era. What do you guys think of JJ Reddick's comments here? Do you think it's true? No, they're ignorant. I'm going to refrain from commenting on the 50s, 60s, and 70s just because we weren't, none of us were alive at that time to actually watch. I know there's highlights. That's fair. I know there's highlights and we can watch videos and documentaries but the 80s and the 90s i think is more comparable in terms of what he's trying to say here and i don't necessarily agree with i think i agree to a certain point so today's players are way more athletic than any other player from any other decade 10 years ago 20 years ago 30 years ago and i think that's just with technology with the way diets and and just how people are born today. It's it just, people are just more athletic today than they were in the past. And so for me, I agree with it in that sense. But one thing I don't agree with is the NBA was so much more physical back then in the 80s, the 90s, even in the early 2000s, that guys were getting pummeled, they were getting hit, they were getting fouls that would be, that would get you suspended today were only called flagrants right. or even common fouls, right? And I don't know if the today's players who, just society in general and these players, they're, they're a lot more protected. They're a lot more sensitive. sensitive. Case in point, Kevin Durant. It's a little different type of sensitive, but you know <laughs> what I mean. And so yeah. to me, it's, it's, I don't know if that's necessarily true. But then again, I, I mean, it, it's obviously all speculation because we'll never know. But going off yeah oh sorry go ahead no go for right. it go for so it so just going off of what you're saying about the 80s and 90s you know the first thing that clicked in my head when you said that john was just thinking of jordan against the pistons right and they literally designed their defense where every time he got in the paint they verbally said we our job was to knock him down and he responded to that when you're talking about shape he literally bulked up and he put on weight specifically to beat them but imagine that in today's game, there's no way any of that would fly. So 
Physically, I understand where Redick is coming from. Today's players are probably way more well-conditioned. We know a lot more about nutrition, analytics, that kind of thing. But could you imagine the foul call conversation we were just having if we threw that to Isaiah or Jordan or Magic or any of those guys? That part would not translate in the slightest. They, they would look at the foul calls now and I think would have a very different reaction to even what's getting called now with, with the rule changes being way softer. I'll go the opposite direction. I, I'll agree with JJ Redick and say that the players from the 50s, 60s, and 70s, they totally couldn't play in today's game. What? When I watch those highlights, and my test is the eye test for this, I don't see people shooting from the logo. I don't people. I don't see people doing all these dunks. I don't see people doing crossovers. It's just dribbling with your right hand and going in circles. And going as close to the basket, giving it to your seven-footer, and hoping they can make the basket. Every Boston Celtic fan is angry at you right now. <laughs> I, I, I'm just imagining the Havlicek comment right now where he dribbles around. And just I'm, just, I'm just saying. <laughs> That's like, fine with you... me. Hey, hey. All, yes. all the Boston Celtic slander, I'm, I'm all about. Keep it going. You think if Shaq played in the 50s and 60s, he would score 100? Because I think so. I think so, too. For sure. I think so. 100%. <laughs> I think so. 100%. The, the thing is about like these players in like the 50s and 60s, like they had second jobs, you know? In in the NBA now, like this is their job. And they literally have every, even in college when they're not getting paid, right? They have every tool in order to work out. They have a PR person. They have a schedule. They have a facility they could go to. In the 50s and 60s, they didn't have it like that. You know what I mean? Like some of those players, maybe if you gave them those tools, maybe they would be able to be as skilled and as talented as the players today. But I'm going to agree with JJ here. You look at that basketball, man. It is not the same basketball anymore. The way the players fly around now, like I feel like Kyle Kuzma could have like triple doubles every night no he'd be no, like no, westbrook no no no, no, no. <laughs> definitely not was that too far it's too, far. too way, far way too far my man okay so i would agree with i would agree with jj under one well i would agree with jj but every time i see kyle anderson play basketball in 2021 I know that anybody uh -huh. from the 50s, 60s, and 70s can play in this era. If Kyle Anderson can. Have you guys seen Kyle Anderson? The <laughs> yes. speed he goes at, it's like negative 2.5 times. If you rewind the video in like slow-mo, that's how he plays. <laughs> if he can do it, anybody can. Absolutely. And actually, boys, that is all we have for the pod tonight. JJ, thanks for being on, man. Hey, shout out to my dog, Rocky. I love you. Yeah, shout out to Rocky, shout man. Out, man. Yep. John. Hey, thank you guys. Thank you Thanks to all our listeners and uh, have a hope you had a great and safe Halloween. Sammy, thank you. Thank you, man. Always a pleasure. And of course, I'm Rosa Panza. This is the Clinic All MBA Podcast. Come find us wherever you get your podcasts.